When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey Meredith, rough weekend for us Buckeye fans, but we're going to have to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Can we at least like ease into it how was your thanksgiving did you eat any good side dishes (laughs) it was good it was nice to be with my family um my grandma makes these noodles every year that are so good so that was probably my favorite side dish how about you noodles they're so good she gets like a stick of butter some of the turkey juices some chicken broth oh so good okay well Let's put a pin in that for just a minute. So (laughs) normally my side of choice is the green bean casserole, but my mother-in-law made the best sweet potato casserole I've ever had. Um, So that was the star of this weekend. So we'll call it the underdog coming up strong. Um, But we got it back up. Did you hear about the Patriots linebacker who said that he didn't like mac and cheese? Yes. I don't know how you don't like mac and cheese. I can understand how it doesn't fit at the Thanksgiving table because we didn't have any. But I just don't know how you don't like mac and cheese, period. See, I'm with you there. And like, additionally, as an adult who I also didn't grow up with mac and cheese, but once it got introduced, I'm like, oh, no, this is fully a part of the Thanksgiving meal because why not just introduce one more starch? Right. Um. And I I just don't understand what his logic is. He's like, it's just noodles and cheese. And I'm like, it is not just noodles and cheese. And exactly. Like, who doesn't like noodles and who doesn't like cheese? Then together, a great combination. So I think he's wrong on that one. Meanwhile, I finally found something that Bill Belichick and I can agree upon. Um, Apparently, he loves potatoes in all form and said, quote, starch me up. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's a great quote. I mean, obviously, potatoes are one of the most versatile foods out there. How can you not like them? But respect to Bill for liking that. Okay. Yeah, you got your French fries, your potato chips, your vodka, your mashed potatoes, like so many opportunities (laughs) uh, for potatoes. But um, yeah, now that we have comforted ourselves with memories of comfort food, I think – 
I'm ready. Are you ready to do it? All right. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Um, so Ohio State lost to Michigan on Saturday. Yeah. Yep. I don't think anyone listening to this podcast really needed it repeated, but it's therapeutic. Yeah, we'll go with that. Take a little optimistic attitude towards it. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, so first of all, I, I do mean this when I say it. And speaking as a Browns fan who has been on the wrong end of a rivalry for decades, um, the rivalry really stops meaning anything when you never have one side win. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying. But at the same time, it doesn't make me feel any better. Like, I, I'm fine with having close games. But, like, oh, it still hurts when you lose. But, hey, now it just resets the clock. Let's go another decade of beating them every single game. Exactly. So we'll just go with that. Yeah. Um. So definitely rough definitely like still stings and will probably sting into next year um but looking at the game and how it played out there were some there was a lot that wasn't good mm-hmm. uh but did you see what was did you see anything that was cause for alarm moving forward um there's this one part the defense I'm just so confused because we literally stopped Kenneth Walker a week ago and then we could not stop Haskins. Like he looked like the greatest running back in the country. Like I, I like our run defense. I'm just, I'm dumbfounded. That's the word I'm going to use. I just, I don't know what happened. It was just awful. It's really fascinating to watch because what Michigan was able to do was exactly Oregon's game plan in week two. Mm-hmm. And for so many weeks, we've been feeling like, no, the defense is better. They've shown improvement. The rushing defense since week two was incredible. You just mentioned Kenneth Walker and what Ohio State was able to do to stop him. Um, and yet Michigan come out with the exact same game plan that we saw with a very similar result to what happened like 10 weeks ago. So did Ohio State's defense actually improve or did we just face – competition that we happen to be able to scheme against right I mean if anything I thought our past defense still could have used some work I really did think our run defense was solid because again like we halted Kenneth Walker to what 25 yards so I don't know I I don't know if it was just a bad game if we came in overconfident if everyone just decided to play bad on the same day I really don't know what happened but I honestly thought we were better than that, at least on the run defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we were number what the number eight run defense entering the game. Yeah. Uh, much much worse, pretty abysmal actually in terms of pass defense. Um, but Haskins, as you mentioned, was able to run all over us. In terms of looking ahead, it feels like there's got to be some sort of overhaul on the defensive coaching staff. I mean, there has to be. I feel like, I don't know if it's going to be a total overhaul, but Kerry Coombs, I hope, retires, you know, the nice way of saying he's fired. But hopefully they just mutually part ways. Um, But I really don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Obviously, there has to be some change, but who knows to what extent. Yeah. I mean, the good news is, like, 
Larry – we can keep Larry Johnson. I would like oh, to yeah. keep Larry Johnson yeah. for forever. Uh, mm-hmm. When I say overhaul, he is very much excluded from that. Uh, defensive line did not have a great game. Uh, they did not match up well with Michigan's offensive line on no. Saturday. Um, but it is a unit that has played well all year. Maybe not the numbers – uh, that we've seen in previous years, maybe not the superstars uh, like the Bosa's or Chase Young that we've come to know, but uh, still a younger group, at least at defensive end, um, and one that can continue to grow uh, heading into next year. And maybe we will see a star come out of it like Jack Sawyer. Who knows? Right. I mean, I'm not too concerned moving forward because obviously we're going to have the talent and like you said, it was just a lot of inexperience this year, a younger group. So I think Sawyer and JTT will both be better next year. Now they have a year of experience under their belt. So, I mean, I, at least I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, they looked really good from what opportunities they got this year. So hopefully they'll just improve and be even better next year. Um, Moving over to the offensive side of the ball, I do think – one, you know, cause for optimism heading into next year is CJ Stroud. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't his best performance of the year by a long shot. He was 34 of 49 passing, 394 yards, um, two touchdowns. And even though it got called back for holding his first rushing touchdown of the year, uh, which I'm still going to relish in. I was oh I was so excited when that happened and I feel like that was a really pivotal point in that game. Like I feel like if that did not get called back, the momentum co- totally would have been shifted our way and I think it might have resulted in a different outcome. Whatever, we're not going to go there, but I was just happy to see Stroud use his legs and actually score as a result of it. So, I mean, you said not his best performance, still racked up 394 yards, so what a great freshman season for Stroud. I think he did play well in a very tough environment, so I don't blame this loss on him. Absolutely. And another cause for optimism is Travion Henderson, who, uh, again, not his best game of the year by a long shot, but who still had a really solid game. My favorite play of the game was uh, Stroud's touchdown pass in the flat to Henderson and Henderson running it in. Um a rare red zone touchdown allowed by Michigan and, uh, you know, executed by Ohio State. Um, but certainly uh, Henderson's ability as both a running back and uh, as a pass catcher is pretty phenomenal. Right. I honestly think he's the best back in the country, not even just freshman. I think he was the best running back, period. He has the stats to back it up for yards per carry. So, I mean, what more could you ask for from a freshman running back, a true freshman running back? And we also got Mayan Williams. So I think we have a great one-two punch there. So I'm feeling pretty good about next season. I'm just really shifting my focus to next season because thinking about this past weekend is just too painful. For sure. Um, And just one more point on Henderson. He did break Maurice Claret's uh, all-purpose touch, all-purpose touchdowns. Is that what it's called? He had the most uh, touchdowns like that, yeah. of any freshman, or something like that. Uh, but an <laughs> impressive record to break, nonetheless. Uh, and you know, while it was obviously a disappointing end to the regular season, Ohio State has a very real shot at a Rose Bowl bid, which is so- certainly a great consolation prize. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, you don't miss, you don't make the playoffs. I think this is the next best thing. So that'd be pretty cool to end up in. So we'll see what happens. But again, it is a disappointing finish. But a Rose Bowl is a nice consolation. Yeah, and potentially even a rematch versus Oregon. So we'll see if we actually improved. Oh, I'm nervous now. It's so funny because, you know, after we beat Michigan State, I was like, oh, fully, if we played Oregon now, we would destroy them. We have mm-hmm. all the right matchups. And it's like, maybe we didn't. Um, but anyway, more to come. Can't count the game before it's played, as my darling husband always tells me. <laughs> um But uh, looking ahead to the college football playoff picture, uh, we are recording this on Monday night, so the playoff rankings don't come out until Tuesday, but obviously expecting Michigan to end up in the top four, which is just soul-crushing. But Cincinnati uh, winning last week seems to, you know, assuming they're able to beat Houston next week in the AAC championship, um, have secured its playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Cincy. I guess it's nice to have one Ohio team in the playoff if it can't be the Buckeyes. So it's definitely looking good for them. Again, Georgia and Cincinnati, the only two undefeated teams this season. So they're definitely locks for the playoff, I would say. Um, wondering who else will be in there. It looks It's probably going to be Michigan, unfortunately. But number four is definitely up in the air. Yeah, especially after what we saw from the Iron Bowl on Saturday. Oh, man. if I feel like if Bama lost, Ohio State might have had a chance. Maybe. Probably not. But if Bama lost, that definitely would have made things interesting. But even with them losing, I'm going to go ahead and say that now, in the SEC Championship, Do you think they'll still be in? I mean, if it's a close loss, maybe they'll still make it as a two-loss team because obviously the playoff committee loves Alabama. I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, they definitely love Bama, but it feels like you couldn't put a two-loss Bama in uh, over some other teams. However, like the reality is – Again, you got to play the game. We can't just be calling it now. Uh, However, Bama has not looked like the teams that Nick Saban has coached in years past. Um, They really had no business winning the Iron Bowl on Saturday. I don't know if you had a chance to catch any of it. Yeah, I did. And yeah, you're right. Auburn totally had that in the bag. And of course, Bryce Young charges down the field and ties it up. And then it took them four overtimes. Like, this is an Auburn team without Bo Nix. Like, their backup almost beat Bama. So, yeah, they truly had no business winning that game, but it's Bama, so they always have a chance, and they did. Yeah, they did convert fourth down, two fourth down conversions on their last drive in the fourth quarter to score that game tying touchdown, which is just ridiculous and soul-crushing mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um but it was also the first Iron Bowl to go to overtime, which is pretty interesting. I know. I saw that. I was shocked. I'm like, how have they played this many years and just ended it in regulation? Because we think back to Ohio State, Michigan, it's gone to overtime 
fairly often, I would say. I mean, uh, recent years, not well, not as close. 2016 was actually the first overtime game in Ohio State-Michigan history. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, maybe not. Maybe these rival games just, they don't need overtime. But yeah, yeah, and then to, make, to carry it to four overtimes, like that's really making history. So I guess it made it exciting. It was an exciting game. It was just, you know, for everyone in the world who's not a Bama fan, which is everyone in the world who doesn't live in Tuscaloosa, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, not so fun. Uh, in other wild games, we're going to stay in the SEC just for a moment because this one is slightly heartwarming. Um, Ed Orgeron actually having a good send-off with LSU beating Texas A&M as the underdog uh, in his last game. Yeah, this definitely made me happy that he could get one last win with his Tigers because he said he's not going to coach them in the bowl game. So, yeah, definitely a heartwarming send-off for Kojo. Everyone loves him. So, yeah, definitely happy that LSU could get that win for him. Yeah. Um, And speaking of bowl game coaching, we're just going to go on a bit of a journey here. Uh, We're going to get there, though. Just bear with us. So the biggest story of, we'll say, Sunday was Lincoln Riley being announced as USC's head coach, which is just mind-blowing in and of itself. This is just huge. Like, this is so huge. This is going to have an impact on where players commit, players are already decommitting from Oklahoma. Like, I just... I can't believe this. It seems like he had it made in Oklahoma. So I'm just very curious to see how much that contract is that they offered him at USC because this could totally turn around that program and make them the powerhouse that they have historically been. So, I mean, this is just crazy. And in many ways, like, I don't love the move. I think it does a severe disservice to the school that brought him into prominence. So, you know, it sort of feels like Riley shortchanging Oklahoma. Um, however, it's definitely a good move since he no longer has to worry about coaching in the SEC. True. I mean, yeah, this will probably make him look better. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm not a huge fan of it. I definitely think it's solely for the money, which is not something that you love to see. But I mean, I'm also curious to see how he does. Like, this is kind of his chance to see if he can turn around this program. So in a couple of years, I guess only time will tell. For sure. You know, Oklahoma was certainly in a – it was in a good spot when Bob Stoops left. It wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, struggling in the way that we've seen with SC. Uh, and in many ways, the transition is kind of like what we talked about a few weeks ago with Duke and Coach K. Uh, very much an internal transition, no drama. Bob Stoops handing the reins over to Riley and you sort of see this uh, consistent coaching philosophy um, moving over into the next regime. Um, so he, it's definitely a turnaround program like he hasn't faced before. But all that being said, the Pac-12 is possibly the worst conference of the Power Five. Um, and so maybe the competition will be a little lighter. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an interesting move, and we'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, I guess I do want to see USC back up there with the other big teams. So we'll see if he can do it. I, it will be interesting. For sure. Um, but we did promise you a rough transition regarding bowl game coaching because with Lincoln Riley's departure, 
Bob Stoops is coming back to Oklahoma to coach them in the bowl game. This is just like so funny and random. Like just like, oh yeah, he is still like technically a part of that staff. And yeah, let's just throw him in there for the bowl game. Like what? Like he's literally, I don't know. I just don't really think of him as a coach anymore. And now Lincoln Riley's gone. Oh yeah, let's just throw him in for one more game. Like so random. this was like an article on The Onion or something. I was like, no way. (laughs) Like this isn't real. And I, it's, it's sort of heartwarming because it's kind of nostalgic. Bob Stoops led Oklahoma to their 2000 national title. Um, but it's just so funny because he's been out of the coaching game since 2016. Right. Like that's kind of a long time. And then just, oh yeah, one game. Like, I hope he's prepared. I mean, I'm sure he is, but like, it is funny. I am curious to see how it goes. For sure. Um, and then last thing related to Oklahoma, uh, naturally with all of these coaching changes and perhaps because he was benched a couple times this year, Spencer Rattler, who was the preseason Heisman Trophy favorite, did enter the transfer portal today. Yeah, I literally just saw that before we started recording. And honestly, I don't know if I'm surprised. I don't think I am because Caleb Williams is clearly the better quarterback out of the two Oklahoma quarterbacks. So Rattler is solid, though. I mean, I'll give him that. He'll definitely start somewhere. I'm curious see where he'll go but uh also we forgot to mention another quarterback that entered the transfer portal uh jack miller <gasps> Ooh, drama we knew it was gonna happen <laughs> he was never gonna play another right. shot at Ohio we, all State. we all knew but hey it's official now so hopefully the rest of his career goes well with nothing but the best for him but yeah another quarterback to watch to see where he'll end up too definitely um all right, we got to take a quick break, but we do have more news out of Big Ten. Or, excuse me, the football football in the Big Ten from this weekend. Jeez, uh, coming up for you after the break. So stay with us. Can I try that again? Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. Um, all right, we've got to take a quick break, but we have more news out of the Big Ten coming up for you after this break. So stay with us. All right, so we spent a lot of time before the break talking about football news from other conferences, but we had no shortage of drama on the home front in the Big Ten last weekend, including Minnesota beating Wisconsin, denying the Badgers a rematch against Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, and instead sending Iowa to the title game in Indy next week. What are your thoughts? College football is just so weird. Like something was off this past weekend. Teams won that were not expected to. I personally was shocked with this Minnesota win. Like, I don't know. Minnesota ended up having a pretty decent season without Mo Ibrahim. So, I mean, kudos to them. Now Iowa's in the Big Ten Championship game. So, again, making things interesting. So, it was a fun game to watch, too, to see Wisconsin go down. But, yeah. Big, big implications because of it. For sure. And, you know, on Minnesota's side, bringing home Paul Bunyan's axe once again. Um, and in good news for next year, you mentioned Mo Ibrahim. He did announce that he's coming back to Minnesota for 2022. I'm so happy. Oh, the, His injury was so heartbreaking at the first game of the season. And he's such a good running back. So really happy that he's coming back. Hopefully he has a healthy and successful season next year. I agree. Um, 
in other news uh, out of the Big Ten. So speaking of Iowa, who did make the Big Ten championship. So they did need help. They needed Minnesota to win, which they did. But of course, Iowa beat Nebraska. Megan, I don't know if you watched this game on Friday. I was like in a leftover, like a Thanksgiving leftovers coma. But this was brutal for well, for Nebraska. Yeah, I did not catch it. But I mean, Nebraska, they're just, they're really struggling this season in close games. Like what was the stat? I forget what it was. Like they've, they've lost, lost nine games by nine points or less. Yeah. And like eight by less than one score. So heartbreaking. Like they obviously are a talented team, but they just cannot close out a game. And I feel so bad for them. But I honestly feel like Iowa is the better team. So kudos to them on their win. But man, Nebraska just could not get it together this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, obviously this weekend was the biggest weekend in terms of rivalry games and trophy games, one of the hallmarks of the Big Ten. Uh, So, Megan, we did not get to obviously have our show last week with Thanksgiving um, to preview these games, but do you have a favorite trophy in the Big Ten? It has to be between Iowa and Minnesota, the Floyd Trophy, the pig, the 98-pound pig trophy. Like, come on, Floyd of Rosedale has to be the best. Oh, for sure. Um, Florida Rosedale's great. Uh, I love the lore that it used to be a real live pig. Um, but my other favorite is Paul Bunyan's axe. I love, first of all, I love that we have a Paul Bunyan and a Paul Bunyan's axe. Um, but the axe is pretty cool too. I agree. That is a really cool trophy. And again, whoever wins that can hoist that up. But oh, I just love the concept of trophy games. They're just so fun. Oh, I know. Um, it's always surprising to me that Ohio State Michigan is in a trophy game and that the gold pants are solely on Ohio State's side. Um, and that, in fact, Ohio State only plays in one trophy game for the Illibuck, which is also a really cute trophy if cute is, you know, a factor in your decision making. Oh, of course. I mean, Floyd's Floyd's a hefty guy, but he's still cute. So part of the reason he's my favorite. Yeah, he's he's tubby, but he's allowed to be because I, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So, Anyway, uh, but uh, speaking of trophies or other random competitions, we're just going to go with this rough transition. Uh, We do have the Big Ten ACC Challenge this week in basketball. Okay, I'm so nervous for this game. Like, Duke was literally just named number one, and Ohio State is unranked. So I'm very nervous for this game tomorrow night on ESPN primetime. I I don't know. I don't think it's going to go well for the Buckeyes. I mean, all the signs are pointing to it really not going well at all. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, Ohio State is probably better than the 4-2 and two record. They did lose at the last second in heartbreaking fashion to Florida. Um, also had a very close game with Xavier when they lost. Um, so, you know, they're probably – one of the better four and two teams that you see, I guess. But yeah, it it feels rough facing a seven and zero Duke team that just beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean Ohio State did look good against Florida. I'll give them that. They did lose, but hey, it was yeah in a buzzer beater like you said. So hopefully they'll come off of that game, you know, being confident in themselves. They played well, but I mean you can't get more confident than Duke having that huge win against the Zags. So. 
we'll see. I mean, I guess we have the advantage because we're home. So hopefully that'll help a little bit. But I am excited to watch it. It's going to be a good game, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting how some of the other seeding for the Big Ten ACC Challenge turned out. Uh, other notable games, Iowa is playing Virginia. Jordan Bohannon is still on the Iowa team. He's been there forever. Um, Illinois is facing Notre Dame. Florida State is at number two Purdue. Uh, so Purdue, obviously the team to beat in the Big Ten right now. Louisville at number 22 Michigan State. Uh, Michigan, who fell to number 24 at UNC and number 23 Wisconsin at Georgia Tech. Yeah, these are all going to be really good games. I'm I'm excited for Illinois-Notre Dame. I'm kind of shocked that Illinois isn't doing too hot this year, obviously uh, losing a few times already, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll bounce back because I want to play them and have them, you know, actually be good. So we'll see how they do this week. But yeah, pretty good slate lined up. I'm excited to watch it. Definitely. Um, All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. But before we wrap up the show, shall we do our shout outs? Yeah, so wasn't a complete bust of a weekend for me. My Jets did win, so I'm going to shout them out. They beat the Texans yesterday. They looked kind of terrible, but hey, a win's a win, so I'll take it. Um, I'm going to stick on the NFL train as well. Uh, Even though things did not go exactly how I hoped yesterday with the Browns against the Ravens, uh, Denzel Ward did have um, a couple key picks, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'll root for a former Buckeye. Not the Browns, but they lost. So I'll give you Denzel Ward. (sighs) (laughs) It was a rough football weekend. It was. So I'm going to shout out Denzel Ward because even though the Browns lost and even though he's claiming responsibility for a Ravens touchdown yesterday, uh, he still had a pick against the Ravens. And, you know, we got to praise our former Buckeyes when we have the opportunity. Right. I'll always root for Buckeyes, not the Browns, but good for Denzel Ward. He's playing really well this season. Yeah, he's having a solid year. That's all we've got for you today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at Lingrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.